And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. Uh, I am your host, Ben, aka The Marvelous Ziggy, and joining me is the, from Nausicaa Valley itself, Tyler. It's the Valley of the Wind, Ben. Nausicaa is the princess so. of the valley. Get it right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, hello everybody, it's now time for the... Do you want to count Zilla as the first era as Cinema Shot, since that was basically the, the beta version of this show? Well, I mean, Atomic Shot's its own thing. I'd say this is probably, yeah. like, the fourth iteration of Cinema Shot, for sure. Yeah. It's not time for the fourth iteration of Cinema Shot. Uh, we did a poll on what would win, uh, what we would watch uh, as for next week, this, coming, this next block. Um, and Tyler chose the Star Wars uh, prequel trilogy, or Star Wars... Uh, what would you call it? Not not trilogy. The Star Wars live action universe, it. but that lost out yeah, to the, the Studio Ghibli films. Yeah, uh, it had seventy one percent going to Studio Ghibli, uh, and twenty eight point six percent going to Star Wars. It wasn't even so close. We'll do st- at at some point. We will do Star Wars and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just you know, there's other things for sure. And um, I wanted some kind of hopefulness in this world, and God, this movie is like just on top. So let's talk about nostalgia because um, there's not as much nostalgia with these movies as say um, some other things we've grown up. But Studio Ghibli is world renowned as have some of the best animated movies of all time, and I think you and I can both agree on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when people are talking about uh, anime movies specifically, uh, they usually bring up anything from Studio Ghibli, and uh, there's good reason for it. For sure. Um, my, I guess I'll say our first, our, like our first uh, Ghibli movies, um, mine's was uh, Princess Mononoke, um, I think my dad had rented it from Blockbuster, and he warned us, uh, like, this is going to be different what you're used to. I don't even know if your mom's going to let me wa- let you watch it. And I remember the the wolf, you know, without its the wolf's head moving by itself, and you know, all like that's and all the other demonic of of uh, imagery that's in that movie, and then of course Mononoke herself, which will be a theme that I noticed that uh, Studio Ghibli likes to do, uh, namely Miyazaki himself, probably. Um, but that was my first one. Uh, Tyler, what was your first uh, Studio Ghibli movie? So, I have history with two of the films that we're going to review, though I can't remember which one I saw first. Uh, there was Spirited Away, which I've seen multiple times uh, from offhand uh, sources, and uh, there was also Howl's Moving Castle, a movie that I saw with... Uh, the only girlfriend I ever had, and I'll get more into that when we get into that movie. That's just a while away. Uh, same thing with Princess Mononoke. Um, so yeah, this is going to be not. A, it's going to be a trip down memory road for some movies. I've seen several. I've seen um, uh, Mononoke, Kiki's Delivery Service, oddly enough, uh, Secret World of Arietti, Ponyo, and then um, which is my sister's movie. She loves that movie. Uh, and then um, Howl's Moving Castle when HBO Max became a thing like I've never seen this movie let's, let's watch it and like you know how and we'll talk about that when we get there um, we will be watching these in English um, just because that's what most people who 
uh, our listening audience is, and if you watch the Studio Ghibli more, chances are you watch the dub version where they got Hollywood actors to play it. Um, and I know there's like a stigmatism with that, but I, I think Ghibli has a good track of like picking the right actors for these characters. For sure. Um, uh, so you know, in, in the dubs I've listened to, they've all been pretty great. Um, so I, I don't even remember the voice actor cast for uh, Mononoke. To be honest with you, I know there's like some big names in there. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk with Nausicaa of, of the Valley of the Wind, which, interestingly enough, I did not know this, was Hayao Miyazaki. It's based off Hayao Miyazaki's um, original graphic novel of the same name. And that pretty much, he basically he did pretty much what Otomo would do with Akira, where he that man wrote and drew Akira and then made it into a movie. Uh, and, and, and it set the standard for... Uh, his for the films going forward, I just I find that very interesting. Yeah, and and just like Akira, um, even after the movie finished production, the manga still went on to 1994, I believe it was. So the the story yeah, was still like continuing it. even after the movie made its mark. Yeah, I kind of want to read the manga. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like in print somewhere. I hope it is at least. Uh, but I didn't even know it was based on the manga. To be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Uh, but let's go ahead and break. Let's go ahead and break it down. This was uh, it's act. I love its uh, Japanese name, Kaze no Tani no Nashukiya na, uh, Naushika, uh, which is uh, you know that's its name in Japanese. Uh, it, the manga came out in 1982, um, so uh, and, and this came out two year, only two years later, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, this this is uh, of course directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Get used to hearing that name. Uh, screenplay based on Hayao Miyazaki and of course based off his original graphic novel, his graphic novel or manga series, produced by Isao Takahara. Um, this was uh, music by Joe Hisashi. Uh, it's distributed by Toei, which I find really interesting, at least initially. And it came out in Japan on March 11, 1984. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, we didn't get this one to like. This was like Final Fantasy for us for a long time. We didn't get this one until like years Actually, later. Actually, right? uh, I'm looking at this at the Ghibli Wiki, and apparently there was a 1985 version that was heavily edited down at, and uh, oh. cuts out a whole bunch of footage, which kind of ruins the environmental message that this movie was going for. And apparently you know Miyazaki wasn't very... a fan of that uh, cut, so it was redistributed oh. by Disney in 2005, and that's the version that we're looking at today. Right, you know what? That sounds also very familiar. You, you know, can you guess what movie I'm thinking of? That sounds very familiar. Where the the Americans took this beautiful anti-war, pro you know message uh, or pro um, environment message, and just said fuck that. <laughs> can you guess the movie I'm thinking of? It's fucking Godzilla, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's Godzilla. It's like it's. I was forgive me for like doing this, but it feels like every time. You know, somebody from from East Asia makes something of like profound meaning, and you know, Americans we are known for our commercialism, commercialism, and they we just we just take the bare essence of it. Just like, how can we sell this versus what it means? And I just find I just find it really interesting uh, sure. more than anything else. And uh, so again, this is. Um, uh, with runtime 117 minutes, it's a, two, it's a two hour movie, so it's not like a short hour and a half or hour 15. It's a full on movie. Uh, it had a box, uh, it had a budget of 180 million yen, so roughly about $758,000, not including, I don't know if that includes inflation or not. 
And with a box office of 14.3 million, well, it says dollars here, but um, I don't know if, if the... Uh, it says here uh, the gross uh, box office is 1.48 billion and uh, 742 uh, million yen in rentals. Okay, so, you know, definitely, okay. All right, and this is our cast. Uh, we get, we'll be doing the, the 2005 dubbing of this movie. Um, does it have who dubbed the English version in, in on the? It says it's New World Pictures. One? New World Pictures, okay. Uh, Nausicaa is played by Allison Lohman. Um, Lord Yupa is played by Patrick Stewart. Asbel is played by Shia, uh, Shia LaBeouf as Asbel. Uma Thurman is Kushana. Chris uh, Saradon is Kurtawa. Edward James Olmos is Mito. Tress McNeil is Obata. Frank Welker, critically acclaimed voice actor, is Gold. Mark Silverman is King Jill. Uh, Emily Bauer uh, as Lestelle. Mayor uh, Mark Hamill is the mayor of Pichette, which is like I recognize that fucking voice anywhere. Um, Jody Benson uh, as both uh, Absalom and Lestelle's mother. Um, the, the the cat or the the fox is the fox squirrel, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it's voiced by Rico Yoshida. Um, no, uh, no actor for the uh, uh, this other one character, and then our narrator is Tony J. So let's go ahead and just give because like, I don't want to go B for B for this movie because I feel like with a with these movies you kind of just have to you have to watch them and giving a story sum, uh, we'll give a story summary, but like we won't go B for B like we have with other movies for sure. Um, but basically, the story is that uh, they are living. Um, the, we are living in a world in a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic destruction after these, uh, I believe they are called, um, oh god, what, they, these giant humanoid figures, they have a name and I can't, um, um they, I believe I they were called, uh, god warriors. God, yeah, okay. I was like, I thought they had a different name and it was known as the seven days of fire, which pretty much all life on earth. Uh, was destroyed and it led to the creation of this toxic jungle that uh, pretty much our story centers around in. And our story focuses on uh, the Valley of the Wind and Nausicaa, its princess, and how she is seemingly in tuned with the creatures around her um, and basically trying to live in harmony versus trying to uh, overtake the forces of nature. Uh, meanwhile, you have two forces. You have the Tomekis, Tome uh, the people of Tomekia, and then uh, what is the other people's name? I always these names. Sometimes with these sci-fi names, you can get confused with some how, how different they are. Um, uh, oh God! Um, yeah, there's a lot of story synopsis, and uh, it's hard to keep yeah. track of at points. Yeah, you have, but you have basically two tro two kingdoms that are basically uh, on the verge of war, um, or trying to justify a way to get rid of this of this jungle, this toxic jungle. And we'll talk more into it as we go on. And pretty much, um, we learn the existence that everybody assumed that these god warrior monster beings died uh, uh, a thousand years ago after the Seven Days of Fire. Turns out that did not um, exist. Um, it turns out that's not the case, and one has been found, and that's pretty much started this conflict between the two kingdoms. Um, and uh, oh God, 
I wish it would say who the other kingdom's names are, but I guess it doesn't. Um, it's just this Tomekia. Oh, the Pichai. Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. The Pichai. It's, it's the Pichai and the Tomekians. Yeah. Um, and, and pretty much the people of the, uh, the people of the valley are basically caught, very much similar to a valley, they are caught in between that conflict. Uh, and this story, and this story is pretty much about the preservation of life, the preservation of nature, the horrors of war, and one brave princess's courage to stand up in front of not just, you know, uh, uh, an angry, an, an, uh, uh, another rival princess, but gunfire and, and, and exploding planes and everything around her to and giant hordes prevent of bugs. giant hordes of bugs called the Ohm, um, to prevent, uh, another apocalypse and basically the cycle repeating itself. So, uh, first thoughts, no spoiler, or I guess not spoilers, but first thoughts, uh, since we've never seen this movie, what, what did you think coming out of, uh, Nausicaa? Uh, so apparently, based on my research, Studio Ghibli wasn't really founded um, when this movie was being produced, but people do like to refer it as a Ghibli film, and I can definitely see the uh, Studio Ghibli style in this film. It's beautifully animated. Right. Uh, all the characters are uh, designed in that Hayao Miyazaki style. You, you, you know how what it looks like, so. You can pretty much envision yeah, you, what your head, what everything looks like. Everything is just yeah. beautifully paced. It can be slow points, but that's the whole point of it. And uh, yeah. I wasn't expecting a full-blown environmentalist message going into this film, but I just found myself entranced the entire way through. Yeah, it's 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 one. I think I feel like it's one of those things where, as a kid, I wish I, I wish I would have saw this movie as a kid. Um, either as a 15-year-old when they re-release it on Disney Plus, or Di- not Disney Plus, on Disney, on the Disney Channel probably, or like as as like maybe like a young five-year-old in 1995 or something because I would have been like, oh my god, like the the sh- to me I took away it was like the sh- at the surface level you have this sheer imagination of this world that um, uh, uh, that Miyazaki and, and his team pretty much built from. The different countries to the, the how how they operated how the ships looked like it's just every like just oozing with creation and, and originality um and even down to his characters um while some might see them very you know simple to the mist uh, uh to uh, very simplistic i i see them at least at least in this movie so far as having de- a good amount of depth for you to latch on to something uh, in this insane world that that you um, that you find yourself in, and um, especially what I like this that I wish more movies did this is that it just drops you right into the movie with um, with uh, uh, oh god sorry I'm I'm dealing with COVID right now or at least the fallout of it like I'm I'm better but as you can tell by some of my voice I'm not 100 percent there. Um, with Nausicaa, and she's just exploring the, the toxic jungle. Uh, actually, you know, it's funny. It really reminded me of when you see Rey for the first time in the in the Force Awakens with no explanation. It really reminded me of that. So I'm a, I'm, I'm saying Rey, they took Star Wars made it in this. somehow. We got a victory. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. So I I like that. There's no explanation. There is there is like there's no big exposition scene to explain how things were. You just you're you're told at the beginning about the seven days of fire and that's it and that you're pretty much looming on another environmental disaster 
Um, it's beautifully done. And I think we're gonna, you're going to get hit, sick of his scene because that is like the one thing we can take away from Studio Ghibli movies is that they're all beautifully done. Um, but you, like you, I didn't I, I didn't expect the uh, the environmental message. I wasn't sure what to expect in this movie. Uh, but let's talk about our, our, our characters. Um, let's talk about our lead character first, which is uh, Nausicaa. Um, who you could say is going to be the uh, the tentpole for all other uh, Studio Ghibli girls. Because as we know, most of his movies tend to folk... I think almost all of his movies are are female-led, correct? I feel like? Uh, for the majority, from what it seems or like. Or like... Like, if not, they have, like, a male co-star, but, like, for the most part, it's always, it's it's the female character who is, that's, that's their, it's their movie. Yeah. And I really like Nausicaa because in an era, especially in the 80s, you know, I don't know how it was in Japan, but at least in America, where the thing in America is, it's like, it's guns, big guys with guns, you know, lots of, lots of muscles, and that's your action, that's your hero, and and obviously we didn't we got this a different version in 1885 but i like that in that same era in another part of the world you had the studio make this movie where the main character was a girl whose only wish was for people to stop dying and to respect the ways of the land and i really like now it's a very simple message for nausicaa to carry but it's enough to carry for you from the start of the movie to the end of the movie yeah, as a lead, she really does uh, contribute a lot. Like, like she has a hopeful optimism to her. Like, everyone else right. around her is pretty much like, oh, we have to survive, we have to kill in order to cultivate the human race or whatever. But Nausicaa is a firm believer of uh, preserving nature. Like, she's in tune with right. even the bugs that try to destroy villages and all that. Like, she cares about every living being to the point where she even carries like toxic filled plants in a secret room at one point and tries to cultivate that yeah and and even more so when like she there's a there's a scene later on in the movie where she sees a an om bug which shout outs to them for creating the om bugs what a perfect combination of just like oh my god but also can be eerily heart heartwarming when they have the big blue Pupa, big blue eyes um like jesus christ but there's a scene where later on in the movie where there they, she sees that a whole bunch of ohm are heading towards the valley and they're being lured by i think it's one of the the the, the, the tekamakians or um oh, i'm sorry the uh the toramakians yeah exactly um uh i th- i think it's them at least who's have it and she basically tells her her handler to like you go warn the village i'll stay them off with no weapon and there's a point where she is on her glider and she has her arms up i i have no weapon i am i am not a danger to you and she gets shot in both her shoulder and her ankle but that still doesn't deter her from her mission and that she, she even in the face of danger in, in where in, you could make the argument where the the justification to hurt the person in front of you to prevent you from being hurt further is 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 justified but she doesn't make that choice she she firmly believes that all life is sacred and I cut especially in today's era where fuck it almost seems like even the best of heroes 
kill at some point, and you kind of... I feel like we've become... God, I feel like... I'm sorry if I'm ranting right now, but I feel like we've become numb to heroes killing, like, either 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 accidentally or for right reasons. It was nice to see... It, it was refreshing and, like, almost heartwarming to see a hero, or heroine, rather, not take the act of violence at any point in this movie. Actually, no. Uh, she... Uh, when she finds that her father was uh, stricken down by uh, right. the enemies, uh, that's when she found uh, her killer instinct and immediately regretted right. it afterwards. Right, which, make, make, thank you, because that, sorry, COVID's a thing. COVID, COVID, brain fog is a thing, guys. Um, which, that makes that moment great, because you can see where she's holding the sword and she has the blood on her hand and she talks to her, to, um, to, to uh, Lord uh, Yupa, about how like that anger in her scared her and in that single moment that makes her more human than almost any of the other characters in this movie for sure that that yes she is above all above peace but she very much like all of us we all have the capacity we all have the capacity to um to be about good but also we have the capacity to be about evil and I, I think like again if you don't if you look at the surface you can see her as just a simple comment with your character but there's much to her um, but I think it works in this instance for sure for sure um, so let, I guess let's talk about her polar opposite which would be um, Uma Thurma's Uma, Uma Thurma Thurman's character Kushana um, who is a uh, the princess from the Teklamakians. Um, and she pretty much is the exact opposite of of Nausicaa in that she is very uh, spiteful. She is very angry uh, because of what uh, the the Ohm have done to her. There's a great scene where she is captured by um, Nausicaa's people, and she takes off her uh, her glove, and she has no hand. It's it's all I guess robotic. They didn't really explain it, but you didn't really need to. Um, and she says, she says to Lord Yupa, um, I don't actually, I don't even know if Lord Yupa was in that scene or not. But she says to her captors, like, if, if whoever man marries me, he will see much worse what the bugs have done to me. And she pretty much that is her motivation to um, to basically want to burn, not only burn down the forest. Use the very weapon that caused this apocalypse to begin with, that caused the creation of the forest. Yeah, as a antithesis to what Nasca believes in, uh, uh, Kushana definitely works as like antagonistic foil, for sure. Yeah, and and it even like what's funny is that despite that they're both on opposing viewpoints. Um, at, at, towards the end of the film, you can see that Kushana was slowly coming to see. Uh, she wanted to basically respect uh, Nausicaa and her ideals, and that she was willing to die for her ideals. Um, you know, when she tells, when she sees the craft coming in, and she tells her men to hold her fire. Um, you know, it, it's it's really admirable in that sense in, in her character. She doesn't get a lot. Um, and I really do like her design when she, like, you when you realize she's basically her. It looks like most of her, her leg is 
is uh, it, she has no legs. The, her legs and her left arm are uh, are are robotic. She's more machine than man. There it is, the second one. Um, but like, I think like a very interesting character. But you could under like. But the thing is, like, she's not evil. I wouldn't classify her as evil. You know, no. or or the villain. She is just she is very much similar in that. Um, we said that Nausicaa was justified in her, you know, wanting to kill uh, the the, the Takamakis for murdering her father. If she didn't, you know, um, Kushana is very much uh, feels like she's justified. And you can understand why. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about Lord Yupa, um, who is voiced by Sir Patrick Stewart, um, who he plays the typical. Um, Old man, uh, sage of uh, of uh, of, um, the of this movie, but I really do love him though. Yeah, Yupa's uh, pretty badass. Like, even though you can uh, take away that most of the old men in Ghibli movies have like bushier mustaches and beards than any normal person in the world, but I can get past that. Yeah, um, he's pretty much like their protector. Of Nausicaa, like they're like he's called their best swordsman, and there's a great scene where like there's several scenes where he basically single-handedly defeats like hordes of men, and he's also there when uh, Nausicaa is about to basically take life for the first time. It basically helps prevent it, um, and then you have the voice of Sir Patrick Stewart voicing him, which is like that's just that's just fucking perfect for sure. It's, it was just perfect, yeah. Like, he gives uh, off of that uh, charismatic, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, there's just something charismatic about him, uh, I feel, in yeah. his performance. For sure. And it's all, I think, established quickly in that first scene when you meet him with Nausicaa, where he's, like, you know, telling, telling, giving a little bit of exposition and introduces the, uh, the fox squirrel to, to Nausicaa, which is also a great scene, by the way, how demonstrates go back to Nausicaa for a second how um she is she is one with everything how like this thing bites her and she doesn't react but she uh um she says do not be nothing to be afraid of and, the, and then that fox court instantly calms down um but yeah he's he's pretty much like that that comfort like grandpa character um who's not afraid to slap somebody when things get serious for sure um, he doesn't get a lot. He does disappear. He's definitely a minor character. Um, but when he's there, he makes his presence known. Yeah. For sure. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the other characters are kind of are kind of minor. Because um, even, like, like uh, Mark Hamill's character is kind of just, like, inciting them only. There is a uh, Asbel, uh, Asbel, who is... Uh, uh, I would say uh, uh, Nausicaa's friend, because there's never a relationship moment in there. Uh, as and that person, that character is voiced by Shia LaBeouf, which I'm like, who is that? When I first watched this movie, I was like, I. Re-, and then the second he started um, yelling, you say like, oh, that, but Shia I recognize him from Even Stevens back in the Disney yeah. days. Yeah, this is before he went off the rails. Um, I like. Um, I feel like he's definitely like as much as Nausicaa would become the prototype. You know, female character for Ghibli movies going forward. I feel like Absa, uh, Aspel became, would become the prototype male co-star, where like he's just seconds, he's just seconds behind the female character, 
And I'm kind of glad. Like, I was expecting, like, a, a romantic relationship between the two. But nothing ever developed between the two of them. They're just trying to help each other get back to uh, to the valley for the most part. Like, um, there, there's a sincerity um, between them. And, and it's, I think of the scene when they think they're trapped in the forest, or the jungle, rather, and they fall through and they are seeing the underneath the jungle and, like, how beautiful and serene it is. Uh, and they realize, like, just how... how And he realizes how precious life everything is. Yeah, he definitely uh, comes around um, when uh, he interacts with uh, Nausicaa in the forest. Like, before this, he was... Um, he was trying to take down the... For the the opposing forces with the gunship. Yeah, pretty much you know, because they, um, they, I think at that point they took the uh, the, the 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 god being, the warrior god being, from them, and and even then later on when they fly to Pijet to to you know to see them, they find Pijet completely destroyed. Um. You know, so uh, like, he doesn't get much, unfortunately, just similar to Lord Yupa, But I think he's a good enough supporting character to, to Nausicaa. Like, pretty I'm, much. I'm looking at his uh, Ghibli page, and apparently, in the 18, 1985 dub, he was voiced by Cam Clark. Wow, Leonardo, Di Le uh, yep. Liquid uh, Snake himself. Wow, that's 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 crazy. Uh, I want to watch that version a little bit to see how different it is. Um. But uh, yeah, I, 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 the thing is like the thing with these this movie. One thing I can summarize: all these other characters are in service to Nausicaa. Would yes. you say that that's that's fair? That's a fair assessment. Like um, they pretty much uh, serve to like um, to serve the main character and uh, kind of do their own thing in the background. Right, like they each have their own paths, but they converge onto her. Which which makes her journey feel richer, and also there they get like closure or 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 like they, they get a they get a view of things that they didn't they didn't necessarily see before. Um, but what I do what I do find interesting is that it's it's this is a pro obviously environment, but I really like fascinated by how they were able to capture humanity in this movie. How even though there's an environmental crisis going going on. Um, that that you will always have these pe people wanting to go to war, and even then, I I like how the people in Nausicaa. There's a great scene where, um, even though they know, so one of the things about the jungle is that it's slowly poisoning them, um, which is like, like the like it's it's called the toxic jungle for a reason, and they have to go in there wearing masks and um. Even King Jill had that 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 that, Z, that poison right um, before he was uh, he was killed. Um, um, even though they have the poison, they even though they live near it, uh, like uh, and they tell the people of the valley like we we have to destroy this toxic jungle because if we don't, you're all going to die and you're going to go extinct. And the people, one of the people, just tells them, but like. We learn to live with it. We 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 uh, a, a small fire. Uh, 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 oh God, I can't remember the exact line, but he creates like like you know a brush fire um, 
A small fire is preferable to a wildfire that destroys forests. Is basically what it is. Yeah, and like how dam basically, even though yeah, the the jungle is toxic to humans, they the people rely on that for water so for a water source, and it would be an ecological disaster. And that you can't just simply destroy something for that reason alone, uh, because because of it. Um, and, and I like that they show the duality of it. That like yes, n- you know, like nature is precious, but it's also dangerous. And you know, but at the same time, we we need um, those to be around. It, it's it's all about coexistence. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you you pretty, you pretty much nailed it. And like the other the 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 pig jack and the and the Tuckamarians, they don't understand that they can't. Be, and I think they don't understand that because they're they're not around it. They 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 don't they they don't live in that same environment at all. Um, let's see. Um, I think in terms of main characters, that's about it because everybody else is kind of a minor character. Is there anything else that I mentioned that that you want to go over? Um, I think that's about it, uh, it when it comes to the characters, at the very least. Is there anything else you want to go over? Um, not particularly. Prob- uh, actually, no, we probably shouldn't talk about the ending. Y'all should just go experience this film for yourselves. Yeah, uh, just know that it's it's like, again, we're not going to go over everything um, with these movies because I feel like they're all, most of these except for one, which we'll get we'll talk about when we get there, um, is on HBO Max, and you should go experience them yourselves. But overall, I think thematically, this movie is, is even though this came out, what, almost... 30 years, 30 plus, almost 40 years ago now, um, we're getting there. At least 35 plus, probably. Yeah, like 38. Um, yeah, so we're close. This movie this still matters to this day. It still looks like, you, like obviously, technique has gotten better over the, over the plus, over nearly 40 years, but to me, this look is just classic. Like, there's, it's, it's almost flawless. And it feels like you're in a time capsule when you watch it, even though I'm watching it on a high-def television. Yeah, there's uh, just something just, about you know, uh, hand-drawn uh, 80s, 90s anime uh, animation that I just find, like, therapeutic. Like, right. this movie nails it to a T, even though it's one of the earliest examples of that. Yeah. And I was kind of worried. I'm like, is it going to be like a Ghibli movie? Because sometimes when you watch the studio's first movie, it's like... Is it gonna be good? Is it gonna is it gonna hold up? And it, it still to me it still does. Like and you know we this might be in terms of I won't lie I'm curious to see how I feel about these movies overall, but um, it, it left me hopeful if anything you know that 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 this is created and hopefully uh, other people who watch this will understand it or if you have it because there are people out there who who have not seen this movie I you know for whatever I mean these were largely unavailable and I know the reason why. I wanted HBO Max initially was because shit they got the Ghibli movies like fuck like for the first like before that you'd have to spend like thirty bucks per Blu-ray on all these and there's a lot of them out there for um, sure so sometimes it's hard uh, all right um, I think that's gonna do it though uh, for for Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind um, uh, any final thoughts um I was actually taken aback by viewing this movie uh, earlier today. Like, I knew the animation was going to be 
pretty Ghibli-ish, you know, the standard uh, hand-drawn animation, uh, but I didn't expect it to not only look great, but also have a strong environmental message with an, an extremely likable main protagonist. Like, there's a lot to take in from this one, and yeah. I'm still thinking about it, even an hour after viewing it. Yeah, it's, it's a very powerful movie, um, but it's also... It doesn't bog you down in it because it like there's it has it has those adventure beats where, you know you have those daring dogfights, uh, where ships are you have uh, aircraft carriers are dodging ship fire. Um, it's not a boring movie. Like we maybe only talked about some of the slower parts, but this movie does this this movie knows when to when to turn up the action and when to bring it down and make you think and let you comprehend what you're seeing. And make you feel something, you know. It's not all just going like on a on a on a um, on a Disney theme park ride. It is about telling you a message in a storytelling way that you will understand and hopefully take with you. For sure, for sure. Okay, all right. Well, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of of, uh, of Cinema Shot. Um, this new, brand new era. And next week, we're gonna come back with many considered to be one of their favorite there's i feel like we're gonna say that every time um but i, I know this next one this is is uh, a critical favorite with a lot of buddy <coughs> with a lot of people um we are going to watch uh castle in the sky um which is which i've i've heard a lot of things about um and uh i'm really looking forward to that but uh Tyler, where can the uh, people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at hey, it's that tie. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tiger Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tigershoes1. Check my schedule to see what the heck I'm playing at 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy, and I stream live four times well assuming i get back from covid because as you can, i think i'm getting tired the longer i talk here i won't lie um it could be the heat it could be this who knows right um you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelous iggy uh and i stream four times a week twitch tv says iggy 2814 check the schedule for there and you can go to chartshot.com for this episode this is our past eras of cinema shot We'll be the Dragon Ball, the DC Enemy, Cinematic Universe, all that good fun stuff. And of course, and, um, no, excuse me, and of course, um, the wrestling shows and our flagship show, the Charge Shot Games Cast. Go listen to all that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this special journey, starting this special journey. We will see you all next week for Castle in the Sky. Until next time, guys, keep on believing. Peace out, everyone. Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.